All right, everybody. Welcome to BO Boys for Sunday, January 2nd. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And it's a new year, and it's not a new you, because we're the same as we've always been. No, no, we're we're the same. We're better than we've ever been, but I would still say that still means we're the same because we've mm-hmm. always been better than we always were. And interestingly enough, we're going to be looking at the the domestic chart for the weekend of December 31st, mm-hmm. 2021. So going back in time a little bit, and we're going to do a plow through the top 10. A top 10 plow. Okay, so Jeff Bach inspired you to to do a full 10 plow. That's that's interesting. I mean, it's it's holiday week. We've got a lot of movies in play. I feel we like do. 10 is a good number. All right, go for it. Plow away, 1 through 10. I'll be here. So number one, Spider-Man No Way Home, $52.7 million, down 38%. It dropped 130 feeders. It is now standing at $609.8 million in its third weekend. Officially, the top 10 in the top 10 of domestic earners all time. Number 10. So number two, Sing, $19.6 million, down only 12%. Didn't change any theaters. It's already at $89.6 million in its second weekend. Mm-hmm. Number three, The King's Man, $4.5 million, down only 24%. It is now at 19.5 in its second weekend. Number four, American Underdog, The Kurt Warner Story, $4 million, down 31%. It is now at $15 million, also in its second weekend. Number five, The Matrix Resurrections. $3.8 million, down 68%. It is at $30.9 million, another movie that's in its second weekend. Number six, West Side Story. $2.1 million, down 26%. It lost 120 theaters. It is now at $29.5 million in its fourth frame. Number seven, Ghostbusters Afterlife made $1.4 million uh, plus 17%. Even though it lost 83 theaters, it is now at $123.4 million in its seventh weekend. Number eight, Licorice Pizza, $1.2 million down 35%. It is now at $6.3 million in its sixth weekend. Number nine, A Journal for Jordan, $1.1 million, down 47%. It is at $4.7 million in its second weekend. And rounding out that top 10, Encanto, $1 million, down 42%. Lost 375 theaters. It is at $91.3 million in its sixth weekend, and that is the top 10. Yeah, that is that. It's an interesting, uh, there's some interesting developments in there. I, I got to say, there are a few things that stick out for me. Uh, I'm going to throw one of them out there right now, and we're going to get to Spider Man. Number one movie, it's in the top 10 of all time, mega hit. We'll we'll get to talking about that a little more, but I'm going to throw one out there. Ghostbusters Afterlife at number seven, making $1.4 million in its seventh weekend, being up 17%. I mean, you, you do, there is no other movie that that is a holdover movie that is up from the weekend before. You know, we're looking at a couple of small drops. Sing 2 had an incredible hold. But to go up in your seventh weekend while losing theaters, it's not like this was a re-release situation or they're trying to throw it into more theaters to hit a new milestone. It lost theaters and more people went. So what do you make of this? What is this afterlife for afterlife? Well, you know, here's the thing. I don't think that there's any drive-ins still open for this to be a double feature with Spider-Man No Way Home. 
Because that could have been a reason why, maybe in the summer. But for right now, this feels to me like there are some people who got really psyched up after seeing Spider-Man No Way Home, Mm -hmm. and they saw that Ghostbusters was still there, and they thought, why not get some some more of that sticky, icky, nostalgia juice into mm-hmm. my veins. They they just saw three Spider-Men, and now they're thinking, why not see three ghost men, Ghostbuster yeah, men? Why not? Why not just be a psycho mm-hmm. and pretend that I live not only 20 years ago, like the, a certain character that showed up in Spider-Man No Way Home, but 40 years ago. Right, right. Yeah, I mean... Let's really I, make me into a baby. Let's put me in nappies again. I want to be right. wah, 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 mama and mommy, titty, titty. Right, right. Because if you are a 40-year-old person and you see Spider-Man and that transports you back to the early 2000s, then you think, all right, that transports me back to when I was in college. How do I transport all the way back to the womb? And that is only accomplished by going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because college is too will... much responsibility. Right. It's, it's right. too much, you know, autonomy. Right. Right. I need right. So, I need to see something where I was still shitting my pants and not after a drunk weekend. Right. I mean, for some people, Ghostbusters Afterlife, that transports them all the way back to the womb, all the way back to an umbilical cord when you really got nothing to worry about. You know, mm-hmm. when you have... There, there's, there are, there is no point in someone's life where they will have less responsibility when, than when all of their nutrients come to them through an umbilical cord. Yes. And, and that is the promise for a lot of viewers of Ghostbusters Afterlife is let's go back in time to when all of your nutrients just came through this, this fleshy cord in your, in your mama's belly. And that that's a that is a good you know not a lot of movies can make that kind of promise to their viewers to transport no. them back to that point in life. And you would think that so what what we're seeing here is the runoff from Spider-Man. And yes. we're seeing what where it's running off to. And mm-hmm. the surprise here is Ghostbusters of course. But then The Kingsman. Yes. That being a movie that's third, because we both had that out of our top five. We thought that Kingsman was DOA, and it's, listen, overall, this is going to end up being a, a, a bad box office performance, but this second week hold of only dropping 24% is incredible. This is really good. And and I think, the you know, one of the things is that this is a movie only available in theaters. Yep. Because when you look at number five, Matrix Resurrections, it dropped 68%. Obviously, that's a huge drop from a very small number to begin with. So this movie is not doing well in theaters. But, you know, because it's available on HBO Max, there's a lot of people watching it there. But you, mm. I would still think it's a movie you'd want to see on the big screen. And it's very shocking to me that The Kingsman is actually theatrically a stronger IP right now than the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that really does come down to. I mean, there's a few things we talked about the Matrix. People hated the sequel, so there isn't quite the nostalgia for it as much, or at least not enough nostalgia to cancel out the hatred that people had for the two out of the three movies. But the the big thing is theater exclusivity. You know, if a movie is only available in theaters, then it's going to have an edge on movies that are in the theaters that are also on Streamo. You know, like, look, Ghostbusters Afterlife, if you want to go back to the womb, you want that nostalgia hit that'll bring back the umbilical cord, right now you can't do that anywhere other than a movie theater. That's true. It's it's going to be coming to PVOD soon. But not yet. But not yet, and it's just showing that this this window, this is the perfect size window, because by the time this movie gets to PVOD, it's pretty much going to have whatever money it was going to make anyway. Well, I mean, I'm looking at, so seven weeks in, 
So the same point in time for Answer the Call 2016, the, the previous Ghostbusters movie, seven weeks in, that movie had made $126.2 million. And at this point in time, Ghostbusters Afterlife is at 123.4. So pretty much neck and neck, $3 million less for Afterlife. Of course, Afterlife's budget is way lower than Answer the Call's. And Afterlife is still taking place in a box office year where the pandemic has some effect. So you take all those factors in. Afterlife has ended up being a huge success for Sony. And I I do, though, wonder what else. I mean, maybe we could look into this this week or or put the bat signal out to Jeff Bach at Exhibit Relations Co. and, and Scott Mendelson at Forbes. And see what's going on with the fact that there may be a drive-in situation, like you said. You know, there may be some warm weather states that still have drive-ins going. You know, Texas or or New Mexico, who knows? They may have drive-ins where Afterlife and Spider-Man are a double bill. Or there's just some kind of Sony marketing synergy that's happening where they're really getting the word out to the Spider-Man No Way Home audience that Ghostbusters Afterlife is still in theaters. So, I mean, something is up with that plus 17% uh, uh, boost. Uh, I, 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 there, there can't be just a coincidence that Spider-Man is playing for Sony and Ghostbusters is getting this big surprise boost. Yeah, that's interesting. So something's going on, so... You know, we'll we'll put out the bat signal to some of our other box office analysts, see if they have heard anything, if the drive-in situation is the key, or if you know the the Sony marketing is just getting the word out to the Spider-Man or, fans. Or you know, it's Christmas, kids got the new uh, Ghostbusters toys, and That's... decided, hey, I want to take my, you know, Venkman to the theater to see. Ghostbusters. Yes. Yes, that that is probably a big boost or the parents got their new Ghostbusters toys. You know, uh uh Dadas or 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 Uncle Mike's, you know, uh uh classic Bendem Ghostbusters uh action figures, not dolls action figures. You know, they got to open them up on Christmas morning as a gift from from mama or as a gift from uh you know uh their significant others whoever gets adults gifts and these parents got their ghostbusters collectibles the kids saw them the kids said oh that looks cool can i play with that the parents said no you know the adult guardian said no this is my action figure this is my vankman collectible so you can't touch this action figure but i could take you to see the movie Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that is a very possible explanation that either kids or adults got some Ghostbusters toys on Christmas morning and then decided to go see the toys in action on the big screen. Now, let's talk about the film right above that. Mm. West Side Story. Now, this is a film that you were you we agreed we we're going to give another weekend to. Yes. I think this is what we thought it was. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a box office misfire. You know, it's a $29.5 million as of today. Made $2 million last week. You know, even with Strongholds, this now is a movie that you don't really see cracking $40 million. It's going to wind up in the low to mid-30s. Right? I mean, do do we think this movie has ten million dollars more in it? No way. And uh, so, only, the only chance is a re-release during Oscar season or post-Oscar wins. Mm-hmm. That's really the only way you're going to see this even get close to forty. Yeah, it's it's in that spot of a movie like a Parasite a couple of years ago. You know where. It's hope to make money is once the nominations come out and then once it wins. The difference is Parasite didn't cost, you know, $150 million to make. You know, it's Parasite, not made by one of the most famous 
filmmakers to ever live. Right, right. You know, but West Side Story finds itself in that that weird spot of being a small movie, you know, that that maybe could make a couple of extra bucks from award season. But that's something that is is fine for the father last year. You know, mm-hmm. it's fine for uh uh smaller movies that get Oscar nominations, but for West Side Story, it's a, it's a disaster. And the hold was good. 26%, but it is like what Jeff Bach of exhibitor relations co said, you could have a great hold, but if it's from a a weekend with a low base, then the hold is kind of meaningless. Yeah. You know, West Side Story needed to have, the kind of week that Ghostbusters had. West Side Story needed to have a week where it actually made more money this week than it did the week before, and that didn't happen. It had to show that once people saw Spider-Man, they still wanted to see West Side Story, and that Mm -hmm. isn't the case. No, once they saw Spider-Man, they wanted to see Ghostbusters Afterlife. And the Kingsman. And the Kingsman. And Sing Um, 2. And Sing 2. So, I mean, West Side Story, I think the story is written until maybe awards and nominations comes out, and then we can revisit it. Matrix Resurrections at number five. I would say the story is written and made $3.8 million this weekend. Huge drop, 68%. I mean, I... Think we both agree this is going to continue to plummet. There's not going to be some kind of great hold in the next week. It's just going to get worse. Well, just to give some context here, because mm-hmm. this was available on HBO Max, obviously day and date, mm-hmm. so it dropped on the Wednesday. And according to our friends at Samba TV, th- the Matrix Resurrections was watched, watched by 2.8 million households between its debut on December 22nd and last Sunday. So Okay. Yeah. Now, so, to give some context, I was just going to ask Ricardos, you for some context. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry? I was just going to ask for some context. So you're you're always right there. Being the Ricardos on Amazon Prime between December 21st and December 26th was watched by 1.1 million households. Okay. So so more than twice as many, you know, two and a two and a half times as many people watched Matrix Resurrections on HBO Max than watched Being the Ricardos on Amazon Prime. You know And, and then Space Jam a New Legacy drew 2.1 Mm-hmm. Uh, Dune, 1.9, Many Saints of Newark, 1 million. And then, of course, the all-time champ of the HBO Max day and dates, Mortal Kombat, drew 3.8 million households. Now, the reason that's so big, I think, is just because that's that was one of the first, and people were uh, one of the first big action movies to be streamed day and date on HBO Max. And so people were very excited about that. Yeah, but that is, it is, it is pretty wild that Mortal Kombat this year came out and had a bigger opening weekend than the new Matrix movie and also had over a million more people watch it on HBO than watch the Matrix. You know, I mean, I I get that there's some novelty to whatever of these movies comes first in that process but it's still a pretty apples to apples comparison in that people could have watched both movies in the theater and way more people went to watch Mortal Kombat and people could have watched either movie on the same streaming platform and a million people more wanted to watch Mortal Kombat I mean Mortal Kombat just based on the numbers, which is all we we care about, is today a bigger th- bigger movie IP than The Matrix, which is crazy. Well, that Would makes have been a crazy sense to me, thought. though, because that's I think Mortal Kombat. You know, we learned this in researching that that uh, movie. 
is the video game series is still very popular and it has its own mm-hmm. sort of world building way past the Mortal Kombat's from when we were a kid. Right. Right. And so there is a whole mythology that young people are into, the people who go see movies, who stream these movies and who bootleg these movies. So it is surprising too that 3.8 million dollars, I mean sorry, 3.8 million views. See, it's hard for me to to switch from BO boy to streamo boy. Right. But and we the- we're not the streamo boys, but you know, sometimes we just have to we have to dip our toes into that sludge to 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 make sense of all this. Yeah, because when you're looking at that number, I mean, the bootlegging of this film must have been insane. The amount of torrents for Mortal Kombat, and the same thing with Matrix. I do think Matrix uh, Resurrections was torrented pretty heavily. I would assume it's probably pretty high up there when it comes to the heavy the heavy torrented movies this week. Yeah. But it's a it's a that's a bad performance. You know, like if Matrix Resurrections was gonna do as poorly as it did in the theater, then you would have liked to see at least HBO being able to put out the press release that says Matrix Resurrections is the most viewed movie in the history of our service. True. And they were not able to do that. You know, Matrix Resurrections it it does make you think then what is the audience for this IP because we're clearly seeing it's the younger people are the ones who are driving theatrical and that's why it makes sense you know what mortal kombat made more money theatrically than matrix because mortal kombat is still more current to young people but then the oldsters didn't really watch this movie on HBO, which is where you think the oldsters are going to reign supreme, is watching stuff on not just Streamo, but on the, you know, the prestigious streamer of them all, which is HBO. I and think The they, Matrix made itself into a niche with those two sequels. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just, and the Wachowskis, alone and together which they've really only done one thing alone mm-hmm. other than I guess the second season of a Netflix show. Mm-hmm. There's no trust there to mm-hmm. believe that it's going to be any good. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they've lost the, they, they don't have the youngsters. The youngsters aren't their generation and they lost the oldsters over the last 20 years. The Ulcers have moved on. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like Matrix should be a dead IP based on this box office and based on it not being a record-breaking viewership for HBO. I mean, it could always be a TV show. You know, anything could be resurrected as a TV show. We're seeing Suicide Squad's The Peacemaker show drops in a few weeks. So you could always have a Matrix TV show, but... To make, you know, $100 million plus budgeted movies, I, I feel like that is that is kind of dead after this performance. We'll see. We'll see. Cause we'll it, see. There's, there's buzz both ways that this did so bad in the theaters that you're not going to see another Matrix uh, movie. And then there's people saying, well, Warner Brothers is still happy with what's happening because of, you know, 2.8 is not small beans. It's not many saints of Newark. So mm-hmm. it's something and they like this IP and they have a relationship with the Wachowski with Wachowskis. They just do. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see, but box office wise, 3.8 million in the second week, <clears throat> 68% drop. It's only going to get worse. And we're looking at another movie. I mean, Matrix and West Side Story are in the same position where now it's the race of can either of them ever get to 40 million? Yeah, I mean, it looks like Matrix has the better chance, but it's still going to be a struggle. I mean, in some ways, but the one thing West Side Story has going for it is, like you said, if in February it gets 10 Oscar nom nom noms and is up for Best Picture, 
it may get a little bit of juice for that month or so. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Matrix is not going to get that. Matrix is only going to be cobbling together these one to two million dollar weekends and then it's going to disappear. Um, and it's going to have the weird conundrum that all these Warner Brothers movies do where it'll be off of HBO Max in a few weeks at the same time that it's basically being drummed out of theaters. Mm-hmm. It'll be in a no man's land. Yeah. Yeah. So number four, American underdog, Kurt Warner story. I mean, this is only in 2,813 theaters. It's up there playing with the big boys. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, faith-based movie those tend to always do well they have their certain level that they hit because that is a audience who will go see something if they know that it's faith-based well and that's i saw this that is a uh, an audience that is like clockwork when they get things Mm -hmm. but they don't always get things so I'll give a, a boots on the ground report. I saw this film, and I liked it. But we're not a we're not a uh, film critic show. No. But I will say, this movie, you know, definitely this is a Lionsgate release. This is a pretty big movie. You know, you've got the guy Zachary Levi is not a movie star by any stretch, but he is the guy who's currently Shazam. So he's got a superhero franchise. He's not a uh, Dean Kane situation doing these type of movies. He's a True. he's a current star, and they definitely ride the line of giving the religious audience just enough so that they could, in good faith, charter those buses from the church to the movie theater and feel like they're going to get their prayers worth out of it. But they also do ride that line of this is a movie that isn't a religious movie. You know, they, they, they save certain lines till the very, very end, certain bits of worship right to the end. They really ride that line of, Hey, this is just an old fashioned football movie. You know, Mark Wahlberg could have been in this. He's not, but he could have been in this, you know? So they, they, I think they're, and it's showing in the box office where they're right in that line of getting the charter buses in from the churches and also just getting Joe Lunchpail in from the mall, the other church of America. But but both of the churches are contributing to this. Yeah, I I wouldn't say I am a man of faith. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even say I'm spiritual. No, no, you're definitely not spiritual. No, and you wouldn't say it either. And no no one would say it. No one would say it. And no one really talks about me anyway. So it's that's like people aren't sitting around being like, oh, is Clayton spiritual? Nobody really speaks about me when I'm not around. No. Anyway, I have plans to see this film. And mm-hmm. the reason I have plans to see this film is because it is a film about an American underdog. Mm-hmm. And more specifically, a football underdog. Mm-hmm. And so... The fact that it's faith-based or has faith elements is fine, but it's not drawing me to the theater. And I think that's why, like you said, you're seeing these numbers because it's straddling a line. Yes, yes. It's, it's straddling a line. It's giving the, 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 you know, the, the charter bus from the church crew just enough for sure. You know, there are, there, there, there's, it's not Passion of the Christ obviously, but it's not Animal House. Those are, that's extremes. Those are extremes. Those are extremes. So this movie is not either of those. Yeah. But it's I a mean, little we could bit go of through both. a list of what this movie is not. Right. Well, I'll say it's, it's got enough of both. It's got a little got Animal House in it. Yeah. I mean, it's got that just, you know, uh, all American spirit, but it also has just enough passion of the Christ. So which you is look just at a little bit Animal House as an under an American underdog story. 
I guess as it a is. very yeah. It's it's snobs versus slobs. Yeah. Which is the ultimate underdog battle. The slobs, slobs being are the always underdogs. the underdogs. Yeah. Yeah. So it has a little bit of that and it's got just enough passion of the Christ. So it's is Lionsgate is doing a good job straddling. This obviously is not going to be a blockbuster, but a thirty one percent drop in the second week when, you know, all year we've been seeing nothing but massive drops for almost every movie when they hit that second week. So to to have this kind of hold where it only drops 31%, it shows that whatever their marketing is, is working. So we already talked about The King's Man. I don't think we need to mention that again. Um, Sing 2 at number 2. Yes. Already at nearly 90, 89.6. This thing's going to go over 100 this week. Mm-hmm. Massive hold here, twelve percent drop. That's drop. awesome. I mean, yeah. this is the movie that people were like, "I'm going to see Spider-Man first, and then I'm going to see Sing." Yes, yeah. And, and you know, just just for comparison's sake, though, I will say the second week of Sing, the original, in 2017, at this exact same point, it was up to 166 million dollars. So. We're obviously looking at Sing 2 is going to be a big drop-off from the original, but the context has to be taken in here. Yeah, I mean... some sort of pandemic surge, especially I think families are maybe a little bit more wary than, you know, obviously teenagers or people in their 20s. So the context is everything. And Spider-Man is such a steamroller. You can't... The fact that Sing 2 is already at 90... Uh, going up against a steamroller mm-hmm. and with Omicron. I mean, this this is a sturdy franchise. This is not a Secret Life of Pets. This no. is not a Smurfs. This is not any of those uh, second movie, the Peter Rabbit 2. Right. It's Sing, not a franchise killer, for sure. No. This movie, and again, I, I say it every week, is is going to have a long tail. You know, they always mm-hmm. talk about the COVID long tail. Sing and Sing 2, these Sing movies, they're not going away. They're going to be part of our lives, and we're all going to be affected by them, and we need to just deal with that and understand that that is the way it is. They're endemic. Yeah, w- yes. So the, the Sing movies are not going away. At some point, you're all going to see it, you know, whether it is in the theater or on cable or, you know, playing in an airport, everyone's going to get sing at some point, no matter, no matter how many, you know, how many precautions you take, how you try and avoid the sing franchise, you're going to, the sing franchise will be something you experience someday. Cause it's transmitted through children and Mm -hmm. you might not have a child now. Mm-hmm. But your friends could have a child. Right. Or in two years, you could have a child. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you, it, in this, these movies will become part of your life and you just have to deal with it. You will, right. You will see, you will have to sit through a singing koala bear at some point. Right, right. Do you? And think the more you fight gonna... it, the more the anxiety is just going to make you crazy. Do you think there's going to be, you know, this week Sing made $19 million, 12% drop, great hold. Is there going to be a surge of Sing in this next month? Like, do you see a week where the numbers actually shoot up? You know, not just a good hold, but the numbers shoot up and we're looking at a Sing 2 surge. It's possible and it's possible that, that it could happen next week. Right, right. I mean, kids yeah. are going to be back in school, mm-hmm. so that that might mean that we we won't see distressingly high numbers. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't put it past this film to to you know pull a Ghostbusters at some point, and we're gonna see we're gonna see a plus sign and some blue mm-hmm. instead of red. Right, right. I mean, I think the kids going back to school could actually be something that really spreads Sing 2 because they're all going to go back to school. They're all going to talk about it. 
And so the kids who haven't seen it, the kids who haven't gotten Sing 2 yet, they're going to get it because they're in school. Sing 2 is mm-hmm. going around. The word of mouth. The word of mouth, which is definitely how Sing 2 spreads amongst children for sure. And By mouth, yeah. Th- they're going to go home and tell their parents and then the parents will take them to a movie theater and then there the, there's your surge there's where the sing two box office numbers really shoot up and we have a sing two surge in the next month because kids are back in school and, and there's and there's nothing coming for them like there's nothing mm-hmm. else really close on the horizon in january yeah, there's no, there are no other big releases for kids scheduled for January. So, really, all the kids are going to have is Sing Two. Well, you know, there there's is nothing some that's Sesame gonna... Street. Did you see this on the numbers? There's a Sesame Street movie at some point going wide January fourteenth. I don't know what this is. Sesame Street movie. It's not the documentary that's on HBO. It's not Street Gang. It's not Street Gang. So it's Sesame Street movie 2022. We got to we have to do there is a Sesame Street movie 2022. So we've got to look we will I mean it's not next week so we don't need to have all our research on this yet. But yeah, we'll see if this is a yeah. Anne Hathaway, Bo Burnham, Chance the Rapper. So this is a follow that bird situation possibly. A big screen Sesame Street movie. So that that might be the the um sort of anecdote, the uh, antidote to Sing 2 when it comes to the kids. This Sesame Street movie might be the thing that stops the spread of Sing. Yeah, this is interesting. It looks like they're going to go to Manhattan in this. All right. Well, we will we will keep our eye on that. We'll try and get some more information on the Sesame Street movie coming in the next few weeks, because that's probably going to be the only thing that could stop the possible surge of Sing Two amongst children in January. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sing Two is looking good, and just everyone except you know you're all going to experience Sing Two one way or the other soon. So. <laughs> Fuck it, we're doing it live. Um, let's look at Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Six hundred and nine point eight million. It is now the tenth biggest domestic box office earner of all time. Incredible. It just beat out Incredibles two, mm-hmm. which was at six oh eight. It is nipping at the heels of Star Wars. The Last Jedi at number nine. Star Wars The Last Jedi is at 620. That's definitely so, falling. I mean, that's falling this week. Then Avengers in the number eight spot is at 623. So that's falling this week. That's going down. I mean, when we look at this list of the top 10 movies, uh, domestic earners of all time, I'll go all the way up to num- in the number five spot. You've got Avengers Infinity War at $678 million. That mm-hmm. is probably the highest one that I think is catchable by Spider-Man No Way Home. You don't think this reaches 700, which would be Black Panther at number God, four. Maybe that's reachable too. So basically, does Spider-Man have another... $92 million left. It just made $50 million just this past weekend. You know, obviously the holiday uh, uh, rush is going to be over starting now. Everyone's going back to school. Everyone's going back to work. I mean, you might be right. This Spider-Man No Way Home could get all the way up to the number four spot overtaking Black Panther for number four, I think number three is Avatar at seven hundred and sixty million. That's probably out of reach, right? That to me feels safe. Yes. So then, the thing to follow here is whether Spider-Man No Way Home could get all the way to number four. 
I mean, I think at the least it's going to get for sure into the number six spot that's currently held by Titanic, six hundred fifty-nine million. So that's yeah, fifty million away. I mean, you figure that's something that's going to happen in the next two weeks. It'll pass Titanic. Yeah. Which is always sad because it's a movie from 1997. It's also right. an, a, a, you know, it's based on the Titanic IP, which at that, at that point was, was not a strong IP. Right. I mean, the Titanic IP is the crash itself. Yes. But it's a, it's a, it's a original film, you know, mm. not a superhero movie, not a, not a franchise film. So it's always hard to see that drop down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It looks like it's going to happen. I mean, Spider-Man No Way Home at the least is going to hit $660 million and pass Titanic to be in the yeah. number six spot. I would say it very, very, very likely passes Infinity War to hit the five spot. And then has a shot to pass Black Panther for the number four spot. Yeah. It's it's an incredible run. So I think with Spider-Man, I mean, the other thing about Spider-Man is when we look ahead to the weeks ahead, will Spider-Man No Way Home be the number one movie at the box office for like the next four to five weeks? You know, looking at the January, and and we could now segue this into looking ahead to this weekend. I mean, we'll we'll talk about the new movie going wide this weekend, the three fifty five. But I think it's not a spoiler to say Spider Man No Way Home is going to finish ahead of that. Yes. And then the big question, I would say, the one that maybe could stop it in two weeks is the new Scream movie opening on January fourteenth. That all depends on... That's another... That's a legacy sequel. Mm -hmm. I'll be there, but will the kids be there? And then if Scream doesn't beat it on January 14th, I think it's pretty safe to say that Spider-Man No Way Home will be number one until Morbius comes out on January 28th. I think that obviously is going to stop the run. Mm-hmm. But between now and then, which is another one, two, three more weeks at the box office, Spider-Man's only challenge will be when Scream comes out. Yes. And there's this Betty White 100 Years Young Fathom event scheduled for January 17th. I don't know if that's still happening. If it does, I'm sure there's going to be more interest in it maybe than there was a week ago, but... Still doubtful that the Betty White birthday Fathom event would beat Spider-Man. Doubtful. Mm -hmm. I mean, Um, there, you know, famously there was the Facebook initiative, I think, what, 11, 12 years ago now to get Betty White to host SNL. Right, right. I think if there was some sort of mobilization Mm -hmm. where people said, hey— Let's have Betty White beat Spider-Man. Three Spider-Mans. Right. right, right. It would just be whether or not there's enough screens for it to play on. Right, because it is a Fathom event. To beat Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, but listen, we saw, we just, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. we're talking about a Fathom event. Right, right. And there's something uh, about a once-in-a-lifetime special engagement small run that could bring people out. Yeah, I'm not saying to I mean, do it. I don't think I'm not, I'm not starting this initiative. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's a fine lady. She's a funny lady. RIP. Mm-hmm. But you know, we've seen fathom events do well and we've seen internet tomfoolery in relation to Betty white before. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see it again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't involve us in this. 
you know, no, if, no. if if you do it. So if 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 there's any wannabe old boys, wannabe old girls, wannabe old people, people who want to start some kind of online petition now to get Betty White 100 years young, the Fathom event to be a big enough hit to pass Spider-Man on January 17th. If you want to do that online, go for it. Don't at the B.O. boys. Don't say that the B.O. boys are the masterminds of of this online petition. Don't mention us in this. And again, not because we have anything against Betty White, R.I.P. We should have led with Betty White, R.I.P. She's dead. But we have nothing against her. But this isn't our fight. No. It's not our fight. Leave our names out of your mouth. Yeah. So that's a few weeks away. We will, though, report on if we do start to see online activity or any kind of groundswell where people are trying to, you know, uh, get a movement together to buy tickets to Betty White 100 Years Young, the Fathom event. We'll report on that if it's happening. But please don't make us part of the story. We just want to report the story. (coughs) Dang. So, Clayton... Let's look ahead now. Could I be joining Betty White soon? I mean, listen, (coughs) if you do, then maybe then maybe we'll start a petition to get. Well, I guess to get you a fathom event in the first place and then we'll go from there. Mm -hmm. Let's look ahead now, Clayton, to this Friday, January 7th. The new release is a movie called The 355. It's a Universal Pictures wide release. And it is. A movie, a American spy action film directed by Simon Kinberg, whose only directorial effort has been the Dark Phoenix X-Men movie, which was a disaster a few years ago. And it stars Jessica Chastain, Lapita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger, Fan Bingbing. And this is, I will read to you, this is the premise of this movie. This is the logline. A CIA agent teams up with other international agents to recover a top secret weapon. Now that is the log line of this movie from Wikipedia. It is also the official synopsis from Universal Pictures on the 355 movie website. And yes, there are still studio created movie websites. Well, this movie, interestingly enough, has a poster that I've seen on the subway walls, mm-hmm. you know, inside the subway, also on top of the subway station outside, you know, when you're about to walk down, I'm seeing mm-hmm. a lot of these. Okay. And the posters have that element on it that you always know means that this film is is uh I don't want to say not good but they're really trying to drum up some any reason why people would go see this and the poster says from the studio that brought you Jason Bourne not from the creators not from the mm-hmm. director not from the writer just the studio yeah that's that's tough because there are five movie studios so any one of these movie studios can say that they are the studio that brought you a ton of classic hit movies. You mm-hmm. know, from the studio of is basically saying from one of the five places where movies come from. Yeah. So it, it, the hopes are really high for not this specific. Film. Mm-hmm. I I think we were talking about comps beforehand, and one of the comps, the recent comps, was The Protégé, mm-hmm. which was a action film from Lionsgate starring Michael Keaton and Samuel Jackson. And who was the uh, who was the actress in it? In The Protégé. Uh, God, that movie has has so left my mind. Even though it came out this past August, Maggie Q. Maggie Q. Yes, Maggie. And Q. Robert Mar- Robert Patrick is also in the protege as Billy Boy. 
billed as Billy Boy. Yeah, so so a film like The Protégé, do you have the numbers up for that? Yeah, so The Protégé opened up on August 20th, just this past August, opened up with $2.9 million for the weekend. So that is the number to beat. And I don't think that the 355 is necessarily going to beat that number. I mean, the protege opened in 2,577 theaters this past August. So not the widest of releases, but definitely a wide release. You know, it got a real release, probably about as much as we could expect the 355 to get. You know, I I don't think the 355 this weekend is going to be in 4,000 theaters. No, no. This feels to me like it's going to be in 2,800 or something. So, I mean, The Protégé opened in 2,500 theaters and made $2.9 million opening weekend with probably, I mean, Michael Keaton is a bigger star than anyone who's in the 355. I mean, Jessica Chastain is a well-known actress, but she is not a movie star, not a draw. I mean, another comp to throw out there is Jessica Chastain did do a spy action movie back in uh, 2016 called Miss Sloan. And that movie opened up Thanksgiving weekend to, I mean, could this be right? $59,000? It was in three theaters. So yeah. uh, I'll I'll look at its first weekend of wide release. The widest that movie ever went was sixteen hundred theaters, and it made one point eight million in its w- first weekend of wide release. So you know that's a pretty decent comp. The three fifty five will probably open wider than that, but it's you know Jessica Chastain spy action movies are not a draw. No, I mean, I feel like we're looking at uh, lower than crying macho. Yeah. I mean, this would love to cry macho. I think the 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 thing that Universal might be hoping for with this movie is that I think Miss Sloan... And was there another Jessica Chastain action movie that went straight to Streamo in the last couple of years that she's been someone whose movies, you know, to whatever degree things overperform on Streamo have done that, you know, where, where Netflix or release, oh, this Jessica Chastain action movie is our number three movie of the week or our number one movie. And I think their Universal is probably hoping that, the people who watched all of her action movies on Netflix are now going to want to go see her new one in the theater. Obviously, I think that is not going to be the case. People are just wait for it to be on Netflix in, in a year. You are thinking of 2020's Ava. Yes, that was the one. Which I think had, I mean, looks, the domestic box office was 497,000. Right. Right. But I think that was a movie that, uh, you know, had its couple of weeks, like pretty much every movie has, you know, uh, which are often just like old movies will out of nowhere be the biggest thing on on Netflix. But I think Ava did have some like a, a longer than usual run where it was at the top of the Netflix charts. And that I remember being recommended to me on Netflix. And so I think. You know, that was a Jessica... I'm looking at the the poster of that movie, and it's Jessica Chastain holding a gun, looking solemn. And I I, I would assume the, the thought process here was that that made her a lot of fans, and now they're going to go see her in the theaters. I mean, that's not going to happen. This I think we both agree this is going to be a... This is going to be a complete nothing of a box office. Yeah, I'm seeing like two, two point five for this. Yeah, yeah, it's which I mean, still probably only, gets it in the top five. Yeah, probably. 
I mean, I'll throw out one other comp here just because it's a universal action movie from this past year, which is Bob Odenkirk's Nobody, which came out in March. That movie uh, opened up the first weekend to $6.8 million in 2,400 theaters. I'm I only think- throwing that out because it's universal. It's an action movie. It's recent. But again, he's a hotter draw than Jessica Chastain is. And that <laughs> and that's the John Wick production company. Right. So there's a buzz there because I mean you can mention something like Atomic Blonde mm-hmm. as a possible comp, but that that film was coming hot off of of Wick. She's a Charlie's Charlie's the round is such a bigger drawing star than mm-hmm. Chastain. Yes. Yeah. And it was just a, you know, a, a few years ago, people were going to movies in uh, more than they are now. And so, especially females. So uh, I do think that this movie is going to tank. Yeah. And again, that, that log line that universal is sending out there, um, CIA agent teams up with other agents to recover a top secret weapon. I mean, that is just not going to cut it in a world in which, you know, the other log lines are, Hey, we got three Spider-Men. Yes. Yeah. It's just not going to cut it. So do we want to give our predictions for this weekend? Sure. Why not? I mean, I'll I'll go for it. Obviously. Number one, slam doing Spider-Man, no way home. And you know what? I'll throw out a prediction. I think it could do. It'll probably drop under 30 this weekend. I think it's going to do like 26 million. I think it has a 50% drop because now everyone's back to regular life again. Um, So Spider-Man No Way Home number one. Sing 2 I think is going to possibly surge this week and 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 do even better this weekend than it did last weekend. That's number two. I mean, now the question is, does the 355 get in ahead of the Kingsman? You know, it's a battle of the spies. It's the the ladies versus the Kingsmen for number three. And you know what? I undersold the Kingsman last week and I'm not going to do it this weekend. I think, I think this weekend at the box office, when it comes to spy movies, dudes drool and a uh, dude's rule and girls drool. I think Kingsman is number three. And I think then the three fifty five is number God. You know what? I think the three fifty five is going to finish fifth. I think American underdog is going to hold the four spot. I think we've basically got, the top four hold, and then the 355 gets in there ahead of Matrix Resurrections at five. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, I feel like that's the same. The only thing you could see maybe is a flip-flop with the Kingsman and American Underdog because they're so close. 4.5 mm-hmm. for Kingsman and four for American Underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do think it just stays the same, and we do have... 355. Uh, you know, maybe I'll put the 355 above American Underdog. You know, count him out and uh, see how he performs. I think I think me putting American Underdog under the 355 is going to light a fire under that movie's ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so your prediction is almost motivational purposes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll see. It's I want to see what the American underdog is made of. Yeah. So, I mean, 355, only new movie this weekend. It's probably going to tank. But a little tease for next weekend is then we get to talk about the upcoming new installment of Scream because that comes out Friday, January 14th. And I think that's going to be a real interesting one to talk about. Maybe we'll do a little, uh, uh, give you some context on the box office history of these screen movies. There's there's a lot to discuss 
with the new Scream movie. So I think next week is going to be a really interesting show as we look ahead to Scream. Yeah, absolutely. I think the only other thing we have to mention very quickly, and we don't want to overstay our welcome, obviously, uh, is the fact that Art House distributors mm. are holding back on their expansion plans a little bit. Most, um, the 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 biggest one being Licorice Pizza, which was supposed to expand wider, but is mm-hmm. holding off for a few weeks in order to make sure that you know the older demo is going after this big spike, and also probably to get in the thick of those awards nomination time, which are in February. Yeah. So I, I mean, think the- this is a smart move. I think this movie's not going away. The people are talking about it. Mm-hmm. We won't get into what people are talking about with Licorice Pizza, but people are talking about it, which is always, not always good, but it's, you know, keeping it in the zeitgeist. So I mm-hmm. think holding back on expanding, you know, and sometimes it's like if it's limited, and you've got some sold-out theaters, that's good for a movie. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense, you know, uh, not even so much for the, the the Omicron pandemic stuff, but at this point, the, the thing that's going to get this movie into the zeitgeist again in a big way is going to be if on Oscar nominations day, which I think is the first Tuesday in February, so early February... And if on that day, Licorice Pizza gets, you know, six to ten nom nom noms, it gets the best picture nom nom nom, Alana Haim maybe gets the best actress nom nom nom, that'll be basically a relaunch of this movie into the zeitgeist. And if Mm -hmm. then that Friday, this movie gets expanded to 2,000, 3,000 theaters, has the best picture nom nom nom, that is going to be more powerful than just putting it into 3,000 theaters next week when there really isn't going to be any increased conversation about licorice pizza. So I I think their best bet is bet on themselves, assume that this movie is going to get a best picture, nom, 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 and expand it on the Friday after the the, uh, Oscar nominations are announced. So that would be February 8th, mm-hmm. and that weekend, you will have the first weekend of Death on the Nile and Marry Me. Right. So so some competition, and I think that weekend is, I mean, we're really looking ahead, but this is what we do. That is Super Bowl weekend, I'm pretty sure. Mm. So... Ma- Maybe, yeah. So, because you said February 8th is the Friday, or is that the Tuesday of the Oscar February nominations? 8th is the Tuesday when the nominations are announced. Yeah, and then that that Friday then would be the, would be, so that would make that Friday the 11th, and I think the Super Bowl is that Sunday the 13th. It, it is the 13th, you're correct. Yeah, so there, listen, there's never a perfect time to do anything, but I still think at this point for Licorice Pizza that it's probably the weekend now to 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 go wide is you get those nom nom noms on the Tuesday the eighth, you put it out wide that Friday, you compete with the Jennifer Lopez movie, you compete with the Super Bowl, and you just you basically just assume the oldsters are gonna come out the month of February. Uh-huh. So it makes sense. Listen. This next month is going to be a lot of Spider-Man. Scream is maybe going to have a shot at making a dent. And Sing 2 is going to surge. And we'll be following all of it. And then Morbius at the end of the month. Spider-Man in some way takes over again. Yep. Well, A lot to look forward to. We did it. Yep. Where can they find us? Well, email us at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. We love hearing from our want to be O boys, want to be O girls, want to be O people. People. And let us know if you think we missed the boat on the 355. We're obviously saying it's going to tank, but 
Maybe you you guys, you've dug into the Netflix numbers. You know a lot of Miss Sloan fans who are waiting to, to run out there this weekend. And maybe you think the 355 is going to challenge Sing 2 for the number two spot. Or at least it's going to beat the Kingsman. So let us know what you think at the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. And check out our Substack. Check out Jeff Bach at Exhibitor Relations Co. Go on Clubhouse, Box Office Revival, our boy Brendan Gray. Go to mm-hmm. Forbes and read Scott Mendelson. Yeah, those, those are the greats. And, you know, if you haven't done so already, we did have a bonus episode in the past week on New Year's Eve. We put out our year in review with Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., which we looked back at the year 2021, looked ahead to 2022. That is an evergreen episode. You know, that that was not just about the moment in time of this week, but that was really giving you context about the entire year of box office, maybe the one of the most interesting years in the history of box office. And we went through it for two hours with Jeff Bach. So if you haven't listened, you got to check that one out. And if you've listened already, you really should listen again because there's definitely stuff you missed. You know, that's it's one of those episodes that you're not going to get everything just through one listen. And I know a lot of people, it's a new year. They're starting a new workout regimen. They're trying to get things to motivate them. Pop on this episode and get on your elliptical or go for mm-hmm. your walk, get your steps, go for a run. Do whatever you're going to do physically. Have us in your ears. That time will fly by. You're going to be all swole afterwards. Yep. You won't regret it. Yep. So, Pat, I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time, we'll, we'll smell you at the box office. office. Nailed it. Nailed it.